Welcome to episode 633 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And I'm Richard Gunther, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. Josh, we're in that slow period. We are, which means I had to be able to take more time doing things, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, but instead I'm screwing up our podcast feed. <laughs> I don't even know how many of hopefully this is working for this episode, because I don't know how many of you actually heard episode 632. Some of you did. There were definitely downloads out there. But um, yeah, I totally screwed up the post and tried like five different things to fix it that I'm pretty sure have worked in the past because, you know, in yep. 632 episodes, I've actually done the same mistake a few other times too. Yep. And none of them worked this time. I don't know why. I'm hoping this time it works. I'm sorry. It was on YouTube, uh, so I guess that's a good thing. And, and you could just listen to it on on the website. Like it was there. You could listen to it. It just you probably weren't able to listen to it in iTunes or Spotify or any of your typical podcatcher apps. It just wasn't happening. And I apologize. Or, My fault. Or uh, it, do we? We think some people got the old episode, right? For sure, some people got the old episode. A lot of people got the old episode. Um, but looking at the stats, there were plenty of people who like were able to download the new one. But I don't know if they were manually doing it. They must have been manually doing it. So yeah, it had to have been. It had to have been. Yeah. And I mean, Josh, this is not anything exclusive to you. I have done this on Home On. I don't know how many times. But the thing is, every time we fixed it, it worked before. Yeah. So That's hopefully scary part. this all works out and somebody's hearing us now. Hopefully. <laughs> but hey, I mentioned we're on YouTube. Uh, keep going there because it'll, it'll work there. Um, head on over to our website. There's a link to the YouTube channel. You can watch the full video. You can watch the little snippets. Subscribe to us, please like the videos that you see. All right, let's get into the news because we don't have any feedback. Maybe because we didn't really give them ep an episode <laughs> to listen to. It might be. Also my fault. So uh, if you want to send us some feedback for next time, actually, that's not entirely true. People did reach out on Mastodon to let us know, hey guys, you broke it. They were actually yeah. far more polite than that. But yeah, And so thank you thank for you. doing that. Yes, yes, thank you. I should have noticed, but I didn't. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully fixed. Anyway, if you want to send us email, that email address is entertainment20 at the digitalmediazone.com. So let's get into the news for the week. And uh, our we have two video stories. They're both related to YouTube properties. Uh, so the first one, YouTube, good news. They're changing how ads are displayed on TVs. And the good news is they will be displaying ads less frequently. You won't see as many ads. Yay. Cool. End of the story. No, it's not the end of the story. In exchange for viewing ads less frequently, you will get more of them in a commercial break. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what to think about this until I actually experience it for myself. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I you know, this comes on the heels of 
the unskippable 30-second ads that we had talked about, and I'm starting to see them more and more, not on everything, but on some of the longer content that I watch. I guess if the ads can be overall less annoying, and I really don't see how anything can be more annoying than interrupting someone mid-syllable. So (laughs) if this makes the overall ad experience less annoying, I'm probably okay with it. Of course, you can get rid of the ads if you pay for their premium stuff that gives you all the things that you may or may not want. And you and I still don't want to do that because we don't need a music service. But, you know, maybe someday they'll figure that out. Just this week, my 15-year-old said, Dad, we need YouTube Premium. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, Eden, then let's cancel Netflix. (laughs) No. (sighs) Right. That's the cost difference. Yeah. Yeah. No. So also, if you watch shorts, which I know YouTube, or not YouTube, Richard, for some reason, hates YouTube shorts. Don't get it. Uh, Vertical video. Just not happening and uh, i don't want to i watch youtube mostly on the television so i don't want to watch vertical vision or vertical video on my widescreen television that's a terrible experience that's a really good point if you are though if you are watching youtube shorts on a tv that experience is about to get worse too because you're going to now start seeing ads in between shorts which i guess is the normal experience on mobile and web. I've, I watch almost no YouTube shorts. I don't have TikTok. Maybe it's because I'm old and lame and don't get into those things. I don't know. So shorts experience, definitely getting worse. Regular YouTube viewing experience on televisions. We'll see once we actually see this happen. I, I'm a little bit optimistic. As long as they're still somewhat skippable, I, I think it's probably better to have fewer interruptions. Yeah, I, I agree with that. To um, to to play make me smarts Friday game, I am half full on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 half full too, for sure. All right, all right. Well, I'm also half full on this next story, which is about YouTube TV. So, as most folks know, YouTube TV is essentially a cable television replacement. It gives you your streaming. TV stations, your linear channels, and you have the guide and you can go through and figure out what you want to watch in a traditional manner, as well as in a curated manner. It also includes DVD, uh, DVD, DVR capability. But (laughs) even though you're watching live television, switching to like the next channel or the last thing that you came from, not possible. Now, there are a couple of good reasons for this. Some re- might say that it's because, well, these limited remotes that these streaming boxes have don't have a dedicated way of going up a channel or down a channel or going back to the last thing that you were watching. And that's a completely fair assessment of fact, right? That is the situation that these services are dealing with when they're on these streaming boxes. So what do you do? Well, YouTube TV is now rolling out something to different devices that can support it. Google TV and Apple TV so far are confirmed to have this. 
And that's the ability to long press the OK or select button on your remote to jump back to the last thing that you watched. That's not really dissimilar from the way that the TiVo worked. If I remember correctly, if you press the OK button while you were watching something, it basically jumped back to the last thing that you were watching. So that's a nice and somewhat logical addition. So this is not the last channel as in the channel that's one less than the one that you're watching now. It is the last channel as in you're browsing the web. You came from one channel. Now you're going, now you're on another channel. You go back to the channel that you had previously left. And that is still very useful, I think. So I have not tried this yet. I don't know if you've tried this on your Google TV experience on uh, your, oh, you don't have <laughs> YouTube TV. Never mind. I don't have YouTube TV and I don't <clears throat> have a Google TV device. I have an NVIDIA Shield, which is still Android TV. It's not running Google TV yet? No. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Nope. What are they waiting for? Who knows? This box is eight years old at this point. <laughs> it's still probably the best device out there for yeah. what you're using it for. So, all right. Well, anyway, I'm curious if others have experienced this and what you think of it. Let us know. Send us some feedback or throw some comments in, I don't know, wherever you end up finding this episode. <laughs> Hopefully in your podcatcher. Sorry. Gosh. Never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to a little bit of audio news. It's not YouTube, but it's still a Google property. And that is that uh, Google Podcast is a service where maybe you have been listening to the show. Probably not. I don't know anybody who actually uses Google Podcast. But if you're one of them, the service is going away. And they are trying to get people to migrate over to just using YouTube music for a podcast. And you can do that without being a YouTube music paying subscriber. It's just like how you can listen to podcasts inside of Spotify without being a full premium Spotify subscriber. So they are sort of like they are making this easier for you, just not as easy as they could be making it. So what you can do is you you want to get all of your podcast subscriptions out of Google Podcasts because it's going away. So you go into the Google Podcast settings section in a web browser, and you will have two options. The easy option is click a button to import your subscriptions into YouTube Music. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's just there. Start using YouTube Music to listen to your podcast. You're good to go. The other option is to export a file, it is an OPML file. It sounds super nerdy and it kind of is. It's an XML file with all of the podcasts you subscribe to. The important thing is it's a really standardized file format for podcasting. You can then take that file and import it into tons of other podcast clients like PocketCast or something like that. Here's the thing. Google Podcasts going away. They want you to migrate into YouTube Music. They have a button to do it for you. Why don't they just do it? Why don't right. they just automatically do this for you? Right. Why is the button even necessary? Why doesn't this just happen? Right. The same way that suddenly my movies and my videos started showing up in YouTube. Why doesn't the same thing happen with podcasts? Exactly. I don't get it. I don't understand. Now, the OPML file might 
be one of these things that's necessary if you subscribe to something that they don't actually have? And I get that. So you may, for example, have access to a Patreon paid feed, which Mm -hmm. as listeners have reminded us about, you can directly access by adding that to your podcast player. And that ends up in your OPML file. But that address is not something that Google's going to know about. Right. But still, it's a file that's in their app. Why can't they just take that file and make it work in their other app? I don't understand. The other thing that I need to remind people about is that if you do the OPML export and import it into a different podcatcher, it's not going to know what you've listened to. Nope. You're going to lose all of your listening history. So press the YouTube music button to import it directly. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully, we don't know. (laughs) We're guessing. It will hopefully be more intelligently engineered to allow you to um, not have to mark everything that you've already listened to as listened. Yeah, that 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 can be a not fun experience when you switch podcatchers. Right. Like when I gave up on the podcast app and finally moved to Pocket Casts. Oh, I forgot you're using Pocket Cast now. Yeah. Nice. We're Pocket yeah. Cast brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that was a thing. Pocket Cast Bros. <laughs> it is now. That's our title. Okay. So you you can keep using Google Podcast through the end of March. And if you do the export option, you actually have until the end of July to do the export. So even if you miss the date and you're like, oh, crap, it's April. I can't listen to this stuff anymore. You can do the export at that point. Although, my God, seriously, YouTube, by the end of March, just implement the automatic import into YouTube music. (sighs) Version one, make it a button. Sure. Version two, make it automatic, please, for the love. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on to uh, our only gaming story of the week. And it's it's a cool one that I I think maybe some people might be ignoring, but I I think it actually does have uh an important use case. So, the story here is that the Xbox Cloud Gaming Service has now arrived on MetaQuest VR headsets. So, from the MetaQuest store, if you have a MetaQuest 2, 3, or Pro, you can download the Xbox Cloud Gaming beta app right from the Meta store on on your headset. Now, then you just pair it with, pair your headset essentially with a Bluetooth controller that's compatible, which frankly, there's a decent chance you've already done this, but it would support an Xbox controller, a PlayStation 4, not PlayStation 5 yet, uh, or a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, any of those will work. And then you can start playing Xbox Cloud Gaming on your VR headset. Now, it is really important to to point out that this doesn't magically turn Xbox games into VR games. That's not what it does. Instead, it's really just giving you a virtual TV in front of you that you're playing on in a virtual space. So you're like in a virtual living room playing Xbox on a virtual TV. 
And I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, well, then what's the point? I'll just play Xbox on my TV. Well, maybe well, you don't it have a an really, Xbox. really, really big TV. It could be a really, really, really big TV. But also, maybe you just don't have a good way of playing Xbox Cloud Gaming on your TV. Or no. maybe you're doing this somewhere that isn't your house. Like there are uh, all sorts of, of situations where you might want to do this or reasons why you might want to, like maybe you just prefer playing all of your games in the headset. Maybe you play horror games and you don't want your kids to see them because it would give them nightmares and they would never sleep again. So you play on a headset where they can't see the game that you're playing. I think there's a lot of good reasons for this. So if if you're interested, and even if you don't have Xbox uh, <laughs> Xbox Game Pass Unlimited, is that it? Ultimate. Wow, why can I not say the name of the service tonight? Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is the service that you would need to have Xbox Cloud Gaming. It is 17 bucks a month, roughly, in the US. If you've never subscribed, though, I think they still do the, the dollar for your first month to give this a try. It's totally worth trying. There's hundreds of games in this service, and to be able to just play them anywhere that you've got your headset could be a really good experience, as long as you've got good Wi-Fi where you're playing, then the, the latency situation is, is typically pretty good. The, and the cloud streaming, the, the video resolution is definitely lower than some of the, com- the competing services. It's roughly a 720p feed. I'm betting that's going to look fine, though, in VR. I don't know for sure. I don't have any of these headsets, but I would love to give this a try. Maybe I need to go talk to Joe. He's got one of these. Try it at his place. Um, but I, I think it's a cool solution that we shouldn't just write off, even though I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, but it, it doesn't make these games VR. So what? Like you're still getting to play a bunch of these games in a way that maybe you prefer to play your games. So I definitely think it's worth checking out, especially when it doesn't cost you anything extra. If you already have access to Xbox cloud gaming. All right. That's it for our news. Well, is it, we have one. Minor reminder that I wanted to just throw in here before we wrap up. And you may recall that months and months ago, because, man, Amazon was on top of this. I think back in the first quarter of 2023, they alerted customers who were using their cloud storage service. And we're not talking about, I always get this wrong. Is it S3? Is that right? Yeah. We're talking about their consumer cloud storage that you would get just through their website, through the amazon.com site. If you have an account with them, you've also had free cloud storage available to you. And I would use it to store documents and I had music up there. They, You may remember that at one point in time, they allowed you to upload your own music so that you could play music on devices from their cloud with your Amazon music service. They don't really let you do that anymore. I think they've eliminated that by now. They also have a photos capability. So they've more or less moved away from just put your documents up on our cloud for the general consumer, except for the photos. So their cutoff was the end of the year and we're almost there. So if you haven't done this already, you should go onto Amazon, check 
their Amazon Drive area. It's in your account stuff. And you're going to want to see if you have anything up there. If you have photos up there, the photos are going to end up in Amazon Photos. So don't delete them because they will <laughs> they will go to Amazon Photos. In fact, they should be there already and you should probably check. Go to the Amazon Photos area, also in your digital stuff on Amazon.com, and make sure that you can see your photos. You should have access to them there. But anything else that you have up on Amazon Drive, if you ever uploaded documents that you were, I don't know, maybe accessing on the Kindle or things like that, uh, the storage area that's up there, it's just going to be wiped out. So make sure you don't have anything up there that you don't have backed up or stored somewhere else. And you have about a week and some days to do that. Okay. Good tip for everybody. There and, you go. You know, what, what What that made me think of is I'm pretty sure that my father-in-law stores a bunch of his music in Amazon Cloud. And it's the holidays. Decent chance you, the listener, are going to be around your family members over the next week or so. You might want to remind them to. Remind them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, then now that we're actually past the news, let's jump into what's going on in our entertainment centers. So Richard, what have you been up to? Well, I mean, we're doing two weeks in a row here, so not a whole lot, but I did watch the Amazing Race season 35 finale. 35, that's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Really good finale. I loved the season. I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked so many of the teams. I think everybody that was in the finale deserved to be in the finale and the winners deserved to win. It was great. I totally enjoyed it. Meanwhile, in other embarrassing things that I watch, Big Brother has this weird thing going on called Reindeer Games. And it's not really Big Brother. It's random people that have been on Big Brother before brought back together to do Big Brother competitions dripping with Christmas spirit. So if you like the comps, if that's your thing, and I do enjoy the competitions, you may enjoy the show. If you can't get past the, I don't know, artificialness of it all, you may not have the patience for it. And if you didn't like Frankie, oh, this one's going to grate on your nerves. So you may want to skip it. But I'm enjoying it. I am watching that. Also, I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago that we started watching Welcome to Wrexham Season 2. I had mentioned that this was coming up and I was looking forward to it. And we started watching it and I'm loving it. It is so good as usual. Also finished watching the series Fellow Travelers on Showtime. That that was a hard watch. And if you lived through the AIDS epidemic, it it hit home really hard. And I think they ended it really well. And I don't know what I was expecting, but yeah, it was a hard watch. It was a hard watch. I think it's probably not gonna have a second season. I think it's just a an eight episode one season thing, but I definitely did enjoy it. Again, the premise of this is starting in the McCarthy era, uh, people in high political places 
and um, the, just all of the accusations going around while people who are gay are just trying to live their lives. Um, also started, well, I've continued watching Andor, and I'm really liking that. But I have to admit, I'm having a hard time understanding why everybody says, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm three or four episodes in, and I'm liking it. But I'm not yet at the, oh, it's so good phase. Isn't it like grittier than your average Star Wars show? Like, is that why people sure. think it's so good? Maybe. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm I mean, like there it? people getting murdered like the first 30 seconds of the oh, show. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, not technically the first 30 seconds, but yes, really early in the whole thing. So it's good. I'm liking it. I don't know. It's the best Star Wars I've ever seen, but I'm liking it. Watched a couple more episodes of The Courtship of Eddie's Father. And oh, okay. So along the lines of my old classic TV, I remember from when I was a child, because that's why I'm watching Courtship of Eddie's Father. You know, we're at the holiday season. And around the time of the holiday season, we start seeing ads for St. Jude's and other organizations that are trying to get your money because they do good things and they need money to do it. Well, I cannot even remember her name now, but the the woman who promotes that is an old, old famous actress. And I remember seeing her as a kid on this old TV show called That Girl from the 60s. <laughs> so I looked it up and it's available to stream. So when I'm done with Courtship of Eddie's Father, I'm totally going to start watching that girl. And Edward was excited about it, too. He's like, oh, I loved that show as a kid. <laughs> what is it available to stream on? What service is it on? Oh, it's one of the it's one of the fast services, one of the oh, okay. ad-supported services. So then it's probably on all so, of them. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to starting that at some point. Also... I have been paying a whole lot of attention to what's been going on in Grindavik outside of Reykjavik, Iceland. This is the area that they had to evacuate. Wow, I think it was even before Thanksgiving because of the threat of volcanic activity in the area. And literally just a day or two ago, officials had advised residents that they may be able to return soon. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Don't speak too soon, because <laughs> just yesterday, last night about 9 or 10 o'clock their time, the volcano finally broke through and created a fissure that at at one point was more than three miles long. And it it's live streamed. There are multiple news and geological organizations that have cameras on this and have had cameras on this area for the last couple months because of all of the um, seismic activity around there. So you can watch this thing live. They actually have a camera that caught it so that you can go back to the point where it started. And it's amazing. To watch that. But basically, I've had the live stream, live stream of this volcano that's like in another continent <laughs> going full time in my office for the last 24 hours or so. 
and I'm fascinated by it. It's also horrible. I feel terrible uh, for the the people that now can't go back to their homes because even if the lava doesn't reach the town, the fumes there would be toxic. So they're going to have to be out of a home for even longer if their homes survive. And of course, there are businesses there and tourism is the second largest source of revenue for the country of Iceland. And this is going to inhibit tourism quite a bit while it's going. And some volcanologists are estimating that this will probably be going for two or three months. So if you remember, Ayafjallajökull was, I think, at least two months. Not all smoke the whole time. Smoke was really just at the beginning. But yeah. So that could be going on for a while. And as far as what I've been listening to, I finished David Swinson's City on the Edge. So good. Really, really loved this book. I don't even know what to compare it to. It's written in the voice of a DC detective because that's the life David knows. And it reflects back on this character's 12 and 13 year old life living in Beirut. Mm. And I'm, I was just fascinated by it. I was completely sucked into it. Loved it. I, I have enjoyed his other books. This was such a fast one for me. I just couldn't wait to listen more and thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, it's called the city on the edge. And then I started Liz Cheney's new book, oath and honor I'm about halfway through that already. That's a page turner and the audio, uh, an audio page turner. And the audio version literally takes you into the chamber. You are listening as they're hearing the announcements that, oh, they've reached the wall. Or, oh, they're, they're right outside the door. You're hearing them being told these announcements. Oh, wow. It is friggin' crazy. Wow. Yeah. How yeah. long is that so, audiobook? It's not bad. It's like 12 hours, I think, total. Okay. And I'm about, I'm almost six, six hours through. So yeah, really good. Anyway, that's it for me. How about you, Josh? Uh, not a ton, maybe not surprising, especially given it's me and that it's only been a week since our last episode on the gaming side, nothing new, just tons of Forza Motorsport and some NHL 24 on the TV side, still watching the expanse when I run. That show just keeps getting better. Uh, I'm really glad I stuck with it. And um, we watched Elf. That that is the movie that we watch at at Christmas time in our house. I can't believe we've only watched it once so far. Like <laughs> normally, we would have watched it two or three times by now. It is wow, such a great Christmas movie. We haven't watched any Christmas movies yet. Now that I think about it, dude, you got to get on it. And you should. I know. Elf. <laughs> at, at, I I have to share this at work. We. Uh, you know, I'm, I manage software teams. We work in agile sprints, so we have to come up with sprint names every two weeks. And so every time we do sprint planning, we come up with a theme and then people suggest names based on the theme. And then we vote. And two sprints ago, someone said, uh, it's the holidays. Let's do quotes from the movie elf. And there's so, <laughs> so many good ones that that's pretended we started a new one last week and we're like, why don't we just do more elf quotes? And so we are now in the middle of 
a sprint called Cotton Headed Ninny Mug. No, this one is Throne of Lies. It's Throne of Lies. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So my next question was going to be, <laughs> can you find a quote that could apply to your project as a sprint name? And I'm not going to ask if that particular sprint name applies to your project. <laughs> it does not. It does not. It's just, uh, it's just one of the best quotes from that, from that movie. The, the first sprint, by the way, son of a nutcracker. <laughs> Nice. Oh, such a good movie. Watch Elf if you haven't watched it, or if you just haven't watched it in the last week, go and watch Elf again. It's that good. Um, and then I I couldn't remember if I had finished Razorblade Tears when we got to last week's episode. If not, I finished it. It's it's a really good book. Go and check it out by S.A. Crosby. Very, very good book. And that's it for what's going on in my entertainment center. Uh, we might actually be back next week. It depends. Like the, the scheduling might work for us next week. The news, on the other hand, I expect <laughs> to be extremely light over the next yeah. week. So there might not be a reason for us to podcast next week. Yeah, very true. So if there is a show, we'll probably be doing it live. We normally record on Tuesdays around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Although, hey, surprise, Richard, I'm going to change that in the new year. Uh, we'll talk more. <laughs> um, As you, I've suggested for the last three years, I think, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we, you can also get a hold of us in a bunch of different ways. I'm on Twitter at Josh Pollard. So is the website at DigiMediaZone. Richard and I are both on Mastodon at Richard Gunther at Josh Pollard. All the rest of our contact information is over in the show notes at the website www.thedigitalmediazone.com. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't clicked that subscribe button yet, click the subscribe button, please, and click the like button too. Might as well. You're clicking buttons. Just click them both. All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 633. He's Richard Gunther, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.